Kid and Kansas went home. Kick Smith. You're listening to Imposter Syndrome with your host, Z McCobb. Hello, Z Nitasitho. Hello, my name is Z, and you're listening to another episode of Imposter Syndrome. If you're wondering why I haven't said the name of this podcast in Shawnee yet, it's because I haven't gotten there in my classes. I'm still very intermediate, and it's a very complex language, which is so extremely exciting, and I'm thrilled to have this experience. However, I'm still at level one, which is essentially just learning the very basics, which is a little different than what you might get out of Duolingo or a traditional language class that you might take due to how the language of Shawnee is set up. Shawnee is very interesting and it really isn't like English at all in how it's structured So it's quite the learning process, and I haven't yet learned how to say imposter syndrome in Shawnee, but I will get there. I can, however, say this, hoesi wapani, which means good morning. So hoesi wapani. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Spotify and check out my YouTube channel because I'm going to be doing a series for the entire month of April where I vlog every day about writing. I am going to burn out and it's going to be really hard, but I'm very excited and want to take you on the journey of writing with me and how that looks for me and what the ups and downs are like. And I will likely need a lot of encouragement during the process of doing that. So check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Zemacob, or you can go to my website directly, zemacob.com and check out my social media links and follow me everywhere from there. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to keep the lights on and the internet going for me so that I can keep making episodes, you can support me through becoming a patron. Patreon.com slash Z underscore author. Likewise, you can buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash Z I think it's supposed to be pronounced like coffee, but I always say Kofi. I will put the links to all of that stuff in the description of the episode as well, so you don't have to remember it. Just check out the episode description and click on or copy the links. Now on to the episode. This week, I wanted to talk about giraffes. Not giraffes, drafts. Oh man, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but you you know what I mean. If you've seen the title card of the episode, then you know what I'm talking about. Y'all know I don't outline, but I don't know if you're aware that there is actually a term for that. I had forgotten it and I was reminded because I've been really getting involved in book talk, which is just TikTok where people who read and write have this hashtag book talk and just follow it and you you can get a lot of cool readers and writers talking about reading and writing. One of the writers that I follow reminded me that there is a term for folks who write the way I do and it's called a pantser, which is ridiculous. There's pantsers who are called that because they fly by the seat of their pants and then there are plotters who outline and make specific plans and basically don't write anything without planning it out. 
I think there's a term for like a mixture of the two and it's like plotzers or something like that. I don't really remember, but it's essentially a person who does both flying by the seat of their pants and also planning. And I think I'm more of that. I'm a slight mix because I do have notes and things and I write some things down and I don't know if y'all are aware if you've read The Witch or The Witch and the Vampire, but I have a specific time that those books are set in. If you pay close enough attention, you may be able to decipher the specific year when they're set. Dates are tricky and leap years come into play and, you know, I think dates repeat. So it's possible that there's more than one year that you might guess that it takes place. But still, I I was specific for a reason. Anyway, yeah, I plan a little, but that aside, I made a video on TikTok where I just asked what people consider a first draft to be. Like, do you think it's the first piece that you finished all the way through, or is it the first piece of your project that you started, even if you end up discarding it before you get to the end or before you start over from the beginning? And that led to some really interesting and fascinating replies. A lot of folks don't think it's a first draft until you have the end officially written, like I think even if it changes or whatever, it's it's about getting to the actual end before it's considered a first draft or whatever, at least seem to be the general consensus. And I, th- I think I agree with that. At least I think that's how my brain sees it at least. It's not a hard rule in any way. And I think sometimes I'll be like my first, first draft that I didn't finish before starting, you know, the real first draft or whatever. So like everything in my mind is a first draft until I actually get to the end. In that video, I I think I also asked how many drafts until you consider your project done, which I asked more as like a curiosity than expecting there to be like an actual like hard rule, like, oh, it's not finished till there's at least six drafts or something. But I think it's, it's subjective to how you write that it's kind of hard to answer that. So I didn't get a lot of responses for that question. And for me, I think it's one of those things where 10 years ago, I'd have a completely different answer than I do now. Like it's finished when the story is what I want, but that doesn't always happen in a specific time frame that you set out for yourself. You can plot the story, but you can't always plot when it's going to fall into place. I guess I can at least, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Also, as I'm getting better and more used to writing long form, the fewer drafts, I feel like it takes me until I actually get that out. So really practice does make perfect. And for me, once I get that first draft truly finished, like once I get that ending in there, it's, it's just about revising and editing. And I love revising because it's done. It's all about perfecting it after that. And I love to perfect it. I love that process of getting it to where I want it to be. It's my favorite. But all of that led me to ask another question on TikTok, which was how do you write your drafts out? Like, how do you save them? And when I tell you that I had no idea how many different ways people can write out their drafts, it is wild. For me, I write one chapter at a time. And I save all the files separately in their own folder. Like 
sort of like how like in a book, like they're all going to be like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, right? Um, or however many chapters there are. I write it all out chapter by chapter. It doesn't matter if the story is linear or if it's not linear. It's told chapter by chapter. And that's how all of my drafts are saved. Each one is a different file saved with a designated chapter number. And that's that's what it is. That's how I do it. That's how I've always done it. I don't think I ever did it differently, at least with writing books. I don't remember having any other way that I did it. But not everyone is like that. That's not surprising to me that everyone doesn't write that way, which is why I asked that question, because I was curious if that was how everyone wrote. It is a little bit tedious to do that, but I just wanted to know if I was crazy. Turns out I kind of am. But finding out how people go about writing their drafts blew my mind, like ways I didn't even conceive. Some folks said that they write them out in one single document, but they don't start from scratch. Like their first draft and their second draft and their third, it's all the same document. I was like, what? They just revise the same document over and over again. And a lot of people do like that or a variation of that, which good Lord, my I I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine doing that. There needs to be like a saved version of a less good version of the story that I'm telling so that I can look back and be like, "Mm, see, I (laughs) first draft wasn't as good as the second. The first draft is always shit, right? We can all agree on that. The first draft is literally about start to finish what the story is, what the plot's going to do, what the characters are going to do. And sometimes the first draft surprises you. Like you get there, you know, you get to the end and you're like, wow, okay, well that happened. And sometimes, you know, that's, that's not how it goes, but, uh, and sometimes it changes completely in the second draft, you know, like you write it all out and you're like, that's good. And then the second draft, you're like, that's not how I envision this one. For me, I, I think the first drafts of things that I write are really bare boned because I want the emotion and the story to flow. And that's what I'm concentrating on. But I don't always give a lot of thought or attention to the descriptions of what's happening around the emotions, right? Because it's more about just getting the story down and just getting it out there than it is fine-tuning it, which is what, you know, second drafts and, and editing is for. So getting to add that depth is really so much easier for me to start over from from scratch. Um, and how I, <laughs> how I do that, this is bonkers. Like you're going to hear this and you're going to be like, this is so complicated and that's fine. This is what works for me. So I, I have a file that I name like the book or whatever the project is, if I haven't figured out what I'm actually going to name the book yet. And I, in that file or that folder, I have all of the chapters and like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. When I get to the end, I create a new folder within that folder and I call it draft two. And then I <laughs> go inside that folder and I start my second draft. And then I, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, till I get to the end. And then if I need to do a third draft or fourth, I just keep like nesting them inside of each other. So you have to like follow the rabbit hole to get to the final draft of anything that I'm <laughs> writing. <laughs> I don't know why. That's how I do it. And that's just what works for my brain. It's like, it's it's like a flower you know you like it blooms but like in reverse I guess (laughs) some people um in the video or in the replies to my question some people said they write 
a chapter at a time, but when they're done, they take it from whatever document they're writing on and just add it to a larger file. Few people said they use headers or like label the chapters within a larger document so they can go back and forth and find them, which made more sense to me than just flying by this, that in that way, I could not fly by the seat of my pants. Um, in that way, I am a planner. <laughs> that was just, I, I would be so lost. Um, and again, like no shame or shade to any of these people. It's just like, how does this work for you? For me, my brain just can't at all work in that way. I think I need to not only see that I've done the work a little bit at a time, but I need to be able to go back and just start over if I need to, to do that. And I always reference my older ones. Like I have, you know, I always pull up my older version of it and use it as a reference when I'm writing. And there are plenty of times, like just a couple of days ago, I wrote an entire chapter. And as soon as it was done, I said, I hate this and I'm going to rewrite it tomorrow. And I did. I wrote, I rewrote the entire thing in just like one sitting. And I just like replaced it. It's so wild because it, I need there to be like a saved version of everything because I'm so afraid that I'm going to like miss something or forget something. But if I really don't like something I've written, I just delete it. I've, it's, I, <laughs> I don't, it's, it's very confusing to me how I will compulsively save everything because I'm terrified that there's going to be a version that I forgot about or that I'm going to leave something out if I don't save it. You know, what if I go back and I realize that, you know, this was the best line that I'd written, which never happens. But my brain's like, you have to save it. You have to save it just in case. And then, <laughs> and then I write something and I'm like, I don't like this. And I just, it literally just start over from scratch and we'll just erase the whole thing because I don't, I don't care. I have no emotional attachment to it. But if I even if I like it even a little bit, I save it, which is bonkers. I'll have no <laughs> feelings about completely deleting a chapter if I think it's not good enough. So I don't understand that doesn't make sense to me that I can be like that and also save everything. But if you're writing, like if you're like if you're writing or however, like what whatever you're writing, even if you're not writing books, like whatever you're doing, I really want to know what your process is and how you save your work because I really do the absolute most when I'm making content. <laughs> I like I save everything and not everyone is like that and that's fine. That's fine. It's okay to be like that. But it's also really confusing to me like how are you not worried about losing a version of something that you have. You know what I mean? Like, how are you not afraid of like losing a piece of it? That's so fascinating. So if you do it completely differently, if you erase everything and start over or you like revise within the same document, which is, <sighs> let me know. I'm really curious. Or just let me know how you do it, if it's the same as me or not. But I'm so curious how other people write because I don't, I hope you know this by now. I don't think that there's ever one right way to do it. And I think the more we talk about the ways that we write in different ways, the easier it is to accept that we can't, we don't, and we won't ever write the same way as each other. And that's a good thing because it means that we're going to actively be producing things 
that are unique because we're not only writing something from our our own perspective, we're writing it in completely different ways. And I think that is has been really eye-opening and helping me to see that originality isn't just in how you're telling the story, it's in how you're writing it. It's in how you're literally how you're writing it, how you're saving it, how you're going back and forth between drafts. Like these things matter. They really, really matter, but they matter to the person doing it, right? It doesn't matter to me how you write. Like however you write, it's great. If it doesn't work for me, wonderful. It shouldn't. It's how you write. It's not how I write. And how I write, if you're like, that's horrible, I would never do that. Great. The only thing that matters is not telling me that I'm doing it wrong or me telling you you're doing it wrong. No, if you have one large document and you pour it all into there, like a giant bowl of cereal and you just pour all the milk and you just eat it all and that's it, like that's fine. But like, I want those little tiny boxes (laughs) of cereal that I can just eat a little bit at a time so that I still have more to go back to later. You know what I mean? Like I need smaller portions of the things that I write. Because I also think it's easier to go back and see and like check. Because sometimes I'll quote something that I said earlier and then I go back and I'm like, I misquoted myself, you know? And I feel like it's easier to search for that if you know like specifically which chapter you said it in. Or if you know like the the part of of the chapter you said it in or whatever. Also, if you want to like just send me an email and I'll, you know, I'll read it out loud on on an episode or if you want to be on an episode, um we can talk about the possibility of that or if you have someone that you would like me to interview, that's a possibility as well. Um just shoot me an email. Um, you can email me at thewitchbooks at gmail.com. And I, I'd love to hear from you. That's all I have for this episode. Thank you so much to my patrons. Y'all are amazing, wonderful. You're my ride or dies. You're there for me like no one else. Thank you so much for listening. Sala noki kenole pua. Thanks for listening. That's all for this episode of Imposter Syndrome. Stay tuned for more easy listening hits from your favorite artist.